You're listening to The Full Broadside. to another edition of the Full Broadside. I'm going to introduce myself today right out the gate, Cyberchalk. With me, KJ, Mando, Mr. Sock, Nimitz, Nightmare the Turkey is here, our turkey, our resident turkey. We got Polecat joining us in the the chat room as well as Gentleman Walrus. So how's everybody doing today? Are we enjoying the Black Friday crap? Has anybody got any great stuff? Talk to me. Tell me some stuff. I, I want to have good news. So somebody hit me. I got a rock. Absolutely not. <laughs> he got a rock. You got the coal in the stocking, did you? I just got coal and camo. That's about it. It was right. a bust for me. At least you guys had the cash to buy some. <laughs> I have a gripe about the way they're doing the, the Black Friday crates. Um, so you can get ships, and I've been lucky. I've gotten just out of crates. I've gotten three ships. That I did not have before. One of them is the Jean Bart. I'm extremely excited. One of them is the Atlanta. I'm extremely excited. And I got the uh, Shorn Horse Black, which I already had. Um, but the whole quest line thing or mission thing where you can get 2,500 additional doubloons, you have to have the original ship first before you can get those doubloons. I get it. I understand why they're doing that, and it's good. But why does that have to stay in my mission log for 65 days, even though I don't have it? It's driving me crazy. That's one I, bleep. Yeah, one bleep already. Thanks, Nimitz. <laughs> Way to go, well, buddy. Right up. We were, we're less than two minutes in, and you're already gotten me bleeping things. Go, Way to go, man. Go. we got to get it out of the way now. <laughs> He's not even drinking tonight, folks. I know. The S word. The S word's not bad. It's okay, right? <laughs> yeah, but it still warrants an explicit tag if I let you continue. So knock it off, man. <laughs> All right. So can someone tell me why that has to stay in my mission log for 65 days when I don't even have access to it? That's here's here's the Mando response. I'm going to give you the Mando response, which is because I am not buying any Black Friday crates. So therefore, they have to keep the lights on (laughs) because I'm not buying anything until Santa crates come out. And uh, yeah, because money. That's why they want you to buy the other ones to get the mission because yep. I'm not paying their light bill this month. Or in the case of the Jean Bart, they want you to buy a bunch of Christmas crates so that you can hopefully get the Jean Bart. I have. Right. I, I wonder if that's why they put the Jean Bart as a black ship this year so that more people will buy it because they, you know, the people who missed out on it when it went away. Possible. On a, on a serious note, Nimitz, you got to remember, like I've said before, I'll say it again. It is a for-profit company. They're there to make money, man. I know, but I'm just like, if I have the Jean Bart black, I'm not going to go buy the Jean Bart. I mean, that seems like 
common sense to me. I'm like, why am I going to spend money on a ship that I already have? Um, so the whole doubloons thing is like yeah. right out the window. But I mean, like, what a stonks thing selling literally nothing for eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. <laughs> well, you know what? Whales are going to buy it. Yeah, they are. Not this whale, though. I, I opted out <laughs> I mean, of Black Friday yeah. this time. There's a reason why Wargaming's founder is a multi-billionaire. Yep, they uh, know what they're doing, and and it works. I mean, they put something out, they dangle it, and, and people buy into it, you know? I mean, if I'm right. going to play, I haven't spent a dime, and mostly because I haven't been on the game hardly at all due to the crazy work schedule and all the forced overtime lately, but... I don't know. I've got the John Bart. I mean, I already have it. I mean, yeah, sure. I'll take a black one if they give it to me, but I'm not going to go out of my way and spend a bunch of money in hopes of getting that ship. It would be if I'm going to spend some money in the game for Black Friday crates, it's going to be for whatever other ships they're offering as as Black Friday crates. Right. Well, I want yeah, to pulling it out. That's that's my I, thought I used, process too. Is if there was a ship in the lineup that I did not have, you know, already, then I would purchase the crates for the you know the whole intent of getting that ship that I didn't have. Um, right. So in other words, you're not whaling this time around because of how big of a whale you are. Correct. <laughs> Even a whale's got to it's got to be, be beached once in a while. <laughs> I'm waiting for Santa crates. That's that's where all of my uh, my Benjamins are going. I, I used my existing doubloons that I had to go down the the crate series line, right? And that's where I got the Atlanta and the Jean Bart and the Sharn Horse. Um, but I still don't get it because if I get the Jean Bart black. In a in a crate, which I did. Why the heck? I said, "Heck, you got to be proud of me." I said, "Heck, why the heck would I go out and buy the Jean Bart?" You know what I mean? It just it doesn't make sense to me. Is that twelve fifty credit the doubloons hanging out there for you? I don't know. Maybe uh, twenty five hundred. But twenty five hundred. Yeah, but you have to spend that much to get it. I mean. Right. So you get it basically for free. It's a it's a successful business model when you look at it. I mean, you know, I can't I can't fault Wargaming on this one. Sorry, Nimitz, I love you, buddy, but I can't fault Wargaming on this one. It is a successful business model, and they dangle that carrot in front of you in the hopes that it, you'll go it out. Also and, could very well have been an oversight. In they not three years in a row, ships, but it slipped through the cracks. That is possible. I remember when I got the Otago B uh, two years ago. Um, that was before I had gotten the original Otago. Um, and I said the same thing. Um, you know, why can't I complete the mission in the Otago B? So they've been, they've been doing this for a couple of years now. It's not anything new. Right. Yeah. They, they uh, as I, the uh, Wargaming was shined on me for this one because I did two sets of the 10 crates and wound up pulling out the Jean Bart, the Cossack, Chicago, Atlanta B, Isashio, the Otago, and the Turpets. Out of the two two sets that I pulled, plus the 12, whatever it was for the armory thing, or whatever it was, the, oh, the Black Friday, 18, you know, 2018, 2019 containers you could go down. 
Yeah, the the whole series. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that I was able to pull those out, but I did. So I was like, okay, that's fine. On a on a positive <laughs> note, I know that I'm not participating this year in Black Friday because I've got all the ships already. Um, on a positive note, if you don't have those in your lineups, um, the drop chances are much higher at a Black Friday crate than they would be elsewhere so for example mm -hmm. nimitz you didn't have the john bart um you you got one and i highly encourage those of you that are out there listeners that are listening in if there's a ship on the roster that you don't have your this is the best chance you'll have of actually pulling one out of a crate no that was that was the the bright side of it like um i didn't have the atlanta i do now i didn't have the john bart i do now and i'm totally down with that but that whole dangling the 2500 doubloons out there um that just seems like a huge money grab and you were talking about you know their business module how successful it's been in the past there's no reason for me to go buy the jean bart now zero correct yeah i mean the but, only the only thing i can say on you know to to um um side with you on that one nimitz is is um Puerto Rico would be the two words that I'm going to throw back at you. I mean, that was a huge <laughs> money grab, you know, Un unsuccessful because we caught on to it, but a huge money grab nonetheless. So, oh, but even with I the Puerto Rico up in the back of my throat, <laughs> yeah, even with the Puerto Rico, however, that was a learning experience for them and they haven't been so screwed up with the dockyards since then. So I think the dockyards have been a, a I won't say a tremendous success, but a, a decent success in comparison to the Puerto Rico debacle. And and they're improving it every time they do a new dockyard. They yeah. are improving yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. They just got to have ships that uh, you know people want when they put in there. That's uh, you know I know you guys were some of you guys were big fans of the Anchorage. I had zero interest, and therefore I didn't even bother. I, I, I couldn't wait for it to get done just so it was off my list of things to do because it was more crap I wanted to ignore. Just go away. Yeah, I, I did not do the Anchorage. I had no interest in it whatsoever. Um, but I will give Wargaming's props on the Black Friday crates because they give people the opportunity to get free ships. And I got two free ships and I'm totally in, but um that doubloon thing kind of bothers me <laughs> well black friday's going for a little while so that's kind of nice everybody's got the opportunity and and you know like mando said these are probably the uh the most common way or not not really the most common way but it, they they offer the best chance to obtain a ship out of these so even though the christmas crates are right around the corner i don't know how many of you guys are saving your money for those but that's not something i usually buy into either uh, i have had some gifted to me in the past and you know all i ended up with was uh signal flags and some camels that's all i've ever gotten out of those so Black Friday crates are probably going to be where I'm spending my hard-earned overtime money. <laughs> oh, I, I missed that point. Were you guys saying that the um, Black Friday crates have a higher ship drop rate than the Christmas crates? Is that what you're saying? That's not confirmed. Um, that's just some of the statistics. I'm not a numbers it guy. It sure seems that way. I don't, yeah, I don't that, that, was, that yeah. was my point. Yeah, I think Mando kind of hinted to that, but that's been... 
the experience that I've heard overwhelmingly that the Black Friday crates have a stronger chance of actually giving you something than the Christmas crates do. But I could be wrong, but unless Wargaming comes on and, and tells us otherwise, even if they do, I'm not certain I'm going to believe them because the numbers and the people that have said stuff that uh, the Black Friday crates are just, just pay out better. Well, like I said, I can confirm that at least from my point of view because I got more out of the Black Friday crates than I did out of, out of the Christmas crates last year. Right. Yeah, you can go on and, and check out the videos of any of the contributors, you know, um, no zoop for you, not sir, me, Josh, any of those guys, when they get like, you know, the Wargaming gives them, you know, 100 crates, whatever to open, and they kind of put up the numbers, like out of 100 crates, I got this, 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 and this. Um, statistically, when you when you look at the numbers, the, the numbers or the rewards are much higher, the Black Friday crates, than they are with any of the other um, uh giveaways or you know uh, seasonal promotional crates hey on uh i know we're we're bad about this but on a kind of a tangent um does anybody know if ships still drop out of super containers because i haven't seen that happen in a minute i've never seen that happen myself personally but my, my understanding so. they're supposed to but i don't know what the drop rate is it's got to be tremendously I, low. I can confirm. Yeah. I can confirm that I have had one ship drop from the random super containers, and that was the John Bart popped up for me. Wow! How long ago was that? And that's, uh, I want to say about six months ago or so. But you got to remember that's out of. Oh my gosh! I've been playing since 2016. So yeah, four, like a hundred years and a lot of whale. Of yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is the one and only oh, wow. ship that I have ever gotten from a super container. Yeah, wow, that's great. Yeah, I've I've never. I don't have a whole lot of success in, in crates. That's why I try not to spend a whole lot of money on on additional crates. I just don't have the luck. So. You know, unless it's a really, really good offer that I'm really like, you know, I can spend just a few little bucks here. It's not going to break my wallet. It's not going to not going to have my kids starving for a week. I can probably pull this off with no big deal. can probably squeeze it in underneath and the wife won't even notice. It'll be great and I can get away with it. And that's that's when I'll pull the trigger on these. Otherwise, I'm not going to dump hundreds of dollars into it. That's just silly to me. Uh, but I don't know. So your kid doesn't need to eat, but your wife does need that diamond necklace. I'm just saying. Oh, no, she doesn't. <laughs> she's plenty good with all that she's got. <laughs> she, she's got two kids, some good shiny guns in the safe, TV, internet. What the heck more she needs? She doesn't even really need me anymore. <sighs> If you ask my wife, she's she's found a new purse or handbag that she wants. And Cyber, do you have a life insurance policy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably should make sure she's not a beneficiary. Give it directly to my kids. <laughs> straight to the children. Straight yep, to the yep. Children. Straight to the kids. Yep, yep. No, in fact, uh, another tangent here. By the way, <laughs> she was she was showing me pictures of cats. We lost our cat last year. Well, didn't lose it. It died finally after like a hundred years. Thing was older than dirt. We just just kept waiting, <laughs> waiting for this thing to die. It just wouldn't die. It looked weak for a few weeks, and they were like, "Oh, it's gonna be time now." Then she perked right back up and just kept on trucking away. She was like twenty-one years old. 
I mean, you know, if I look back, we spent 10 bucks to save that cat years and years ago from a shelter. 10 bucks. That was the best damn 10 bucks I ever spent in my entire life because we got 21 <laughs> years out of that cat. However, I was not a fan of cats. I have a smaller allergy to the cats, but it's been almost a year. Well, it's been a little over a year now, and she keeps showing me these pictures of kitties on her phone. And I'm like, we're not getting a cat. I said, you know what? I told her tonight. I said, here's the thing. You get a cat. I will move out. And I hope your cat can pick up the check and pay the bills because I ain't going to be here doing it anymore. So, yeah, she started to think. She's like, hmm, I wonder how that's a bad thing. I think the cat can do a lot more than you around the house. <laughs> so so there's that. Yeah, a little side note for everybody. <laughs> She's like, honey, and a cat. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there was that thing for that grumpy cat there for a while. So if she gets the right one, you never know. No, if she was more tech savvy, she might have something there, but she's not. She struggles <laughs> to turn her computer on, for God's sake. <laughs> Got to plug it in first, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, I got some stuff I wanted to talk about on the dev blogs. Let me pull it up here. I wanted to get your guys' take. Let's uh, First, let's go into the Lunar New Year brawls and other news. Uh, Lunar New Year. Lunar New Year. Jeez, I'm running my words together, and I'm not even drinking tonight. I blame Nimitz. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the it's following content is added in honor of the Lunar New Year celebration, the Pan-Asian Tier 9 battleship Wujing, which is basically an all-sace, and a Pan-Asian Tier 8 aircraft carrier, the San Zhang, uh, which is basically a Saipan. They have special permanent camouflages on, and those are going to be out. Uh, they have two new commanders. One of them looks like he's a blue underwater guy like a merman or something. I don't know what weird, but they got flags and it looks like an Asian King of some sort. That's kind of a weird one. Uh, looks like they got a tier eight destroyer, the Fen Yang. It looks like a pretty Gothic looking camo on mm -hmm. it. Uh, that was kind of neat. And then they've got journey to the West containers. So they look like Asian containers. They're adding the dragon port, which, you know, that's, kind of looks similar to the other dragon style port that they had and then they're doing brawls um at some point 26th of january through 1st of february 7v7 format uh tier 8 ships and then uh let's see february 9th through the 15th 7v7 format versus uh 10 10 Tier, uh, tier 10 ships. Jeez, having a rough night. Uh, other news they got for more clarity. The display of early access ships in the tech tree has been updated, as well as the description of their pe peculiarities. Jeez, a lot of hard words tonight. <laughs> the split of torpedo bombers aim. I know, I know, but I'm going to get through it. Bomber. Yeah, the split of torpedo bombers aim. Hey, there you go. Into segments now depends. Uh, you guys aren't helping, by the way. Just, just saying. <laughs> you know, the peanut gallery is guys. not Lord helpful. <laughs> All right. Let's start that one again. The split of torpedo bombers aim into segments now depends upon the number of planes in the attacking flight. This fixes an issue which, uh, which prevented the display of some of the lines in the aiming reticle. Pressing the F key after attacking with the last flight in the squadron will lead to skipping the attack animation and transfer control to the ship. The armament interface of the aircraft carriers in the equipment tab is also updated, and the game is now being loaded while the video is playing on the startup loading screen. So that's kind of a nice little hiccup there. 
So any any thoughts on the, on these two new ships? I mean, basically, they're just different paint jobs of ships that are already there. However, they're both Pan-Asian, so that's kind of an interesting little thing. But they look to be premiums. So I don't know, maybe you get them out of crates or what. They don't say, but it's kind of a neat thing. Excited. I, I think they need to expand the Pan Asian line. I think they need to expand the Pan European line. Um, on the last note about the aiming and reticles and all that stuff, um, I don't think it's going to matter for the FDR because it's still going to rock your world. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of neat because now you have a Pan Asian aircraft carrier i mean it's it's a japanese aircraft carrier it's just painted in the pan asian colors and it's premium the other one is kind of interesting uh yes the saipan the best best japanese carrier in the game no it's an american carrier right no not the saipan yeah the saipan is that that was stark had them in case you guys couldn't tell oh okay okay we could smell it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the the flavor behind the Saipan is it's a tier eight carrier. It has tier ten planes, but your regeneration is so atrociously long. Yeah, it's like and the squadrons are really small minutes. to begin with. Yeah, it's like three minutes to regen a squadron. You can very easily uh, be deplaned in that thing if you are not very careful. Well, and I got to say, the paint job on this thing, bright red and yellow, looks like a giant McDonald's ship out there on the water. It's going to be easy to spot, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I mean, I always give my kudos to the art department, hats off to them, but I don't know, the Sanzang is just a little out of control this time. I mean, good art just... I just don't, I don't know, what is that, like surfboards or fortune cookies on the front? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a giant fry container, you know? I mean, here, come get your French fries, everybody. Yeah, it's a mobile McDonald's Um, on water. You can just pull up your ship and put in your order, and you're out of there in no time (laughs) shooting people, and you got a Happy Meal to go along with you. Well, look at the command tower. Looks like it's got a little crown or a little box around it, too. Yeah, look at that. That's what I'm saying, that... The conning tower, in small writing, it says microwavable safe, I think, on the side. I'm not sure. <laughs> it really? looks like a to-go container. It does. It really we does. Joke, we all joke about potatoes, but that one literally is a carrier and holder for potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. You can pull in and order them in nice, nice cut, orderly fashion, little fries. But then you got the the Wu Jing, which is an all says that uh, that one's a little bit better of a paint job, a little bit of blue. That it looks like it's a got better. a. Yeah. I don't know if that's supposed to be Neptune on the front or or what, but I mean it's got some interesting uh, paint jobs on it. But I don't know. It's I mean it's an all says. I mean they're okay, uh, but eh, whatever. I mean it's something. It's it's something else to add to the paint Asian stuff. So what the heck, you know. These these uh, Pan Asian battleships that are coming out. Does anybody know? Is there is there any really historical relevance or are these paper ships? Well, my understanding of the Pan Asian line and Sock can probably back me up on this. He's our you know his his statistical fact checker. So Sock, jump in any time. Um, most of your Pan-Asian lines are, or Pan-Asian ships were either used or on loan or given to after they re- were retired out of their home fleet, you know, the yeah. class. And the, I'm yeah. pretty sure so, all of the Pan-Asian destroyers existed. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah. confident about those, but, but I'm not sure about the battleships. 
So if my my point being is if there was indeed an actual battleship line, it would have been something that was probably historically decommissioned from another country and then uh, given over. And then they, whatever Pan-Asian country picked it up, they probably modified it or restructured it to meet their maritime They wouldn't be able to do that with a battleship because that never happened with a battleship. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, thanks, Sock, for, um, I was hoping you would jump in and fact check me on um, now, they would be able to make a Pan-American battleship line, potentially, because right. some South American countries did have battleships in the First World War and before and in the interwar period, but the, the higher tiers would still have to paper. Right. Which I'm sure they could come up with some, some designs. I mean, they, they seem to be pretty good at coming up with designs that are at least plausible. Like, for example, a good example of this is the British. Um, ships like Minotaur was almost built. Um, but they decided eh, guns aren't really the thing anymore. We should probably scrap that and move. You know, we should not build a ship for the Second World War now that the Second World War is over. And, you know... Monarch was um, designed, Lion was designed, and I've, from what I understand, Conqueror was like basically a napkin sketch, but it did exist in some form. And it was kind of like, well, if the British had continued with what they were doing with King George V, Lion, those classes, if they'd continued with that, this is probably something like what it would have looked like. Right. So as far as game mechanics, though, typically your Pan-Asian, like what's in the game, your destroyers are characteristics from other national tech trees, just with kind of a different um, little bit of a spin on it, such as uh, deep water torpedoes, which is the flavor of the Pan-Asian line. That's yeah, the point right. that I was getting at. Right. Well, like Sun Yang and the, and the Chung Mu, they're basically a Fletcher um, with deep water torps. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that. I mean, I get where, you know, they're a company, like you said earlier, they're trying to make money and they're, and they're trying to advance the game, but I'm just curious where they're going to go with, um, battleships because I don't know of too many countries that loaned out battleships until long after World War II was over marketing thing um because right now once this announcement went out i guarantee you there is a whole subsector of weebs that are just salivating yeah um, can, I, can i say weeb is that a derogatory term i don't know there's a bunch uh, of i don't know salivating oh, you know waiting for these paint jobs yeah. to come out all i know is it doesn't require an explicit tag so have at it ah okay <laughs> All right. For those of you who don't know, a weeb is somebody that indulges in the um, Japanimation or the anime uh, culture. It's somebody that um, that is is all in on that. That's what I'm referring. Wait, to. is that actually where that word came from? Anime? Yeah, from the anime or from the sub anime culture F fanboys. It's like Japanimation. the Asian anime version of fanboys. No, no, I mean like the word anime that came from Japanimation. Well, it came from animation. It just yeah. it got animation. Yeah, no, no, no I, I, I gathered. So, 
so back in the day, which was on a Wednesday again, I looked it up. Um, <laughs> it, we used to call it. It didn't used to be called anime. It was called Japanimation because it all came, you know, imported in from right. Japan. Right. Jesus, the calendar was invented back oh. then when you were so, back in your mid fifties. It was. It was. So you know um, how like music, the, not the lunar calendar. We use more of the solar calendar. You uh, know, right, ancient. right. The moon hadn't quite yep. formed yet. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So you know how music has its own categories like rock, pop, R&B, soul, whatever. Um, they kind of had to come up with it for the animation series because um, what Japanimation uh, did for the industry was totally off the wall. And it was exciting that it obviously built a huge fan base so now it has its own thing and it's called anime all right with that since we went way off topic and we're not even talking about world of warships at the moment let's take a quick <laughs> break everybody we'll be right back and hopefully we'll be back on topic hang tight everyone all right we're back and hopefully on topic those of you in the chat room were uh, just privy to some really off-color topic there while we were on break. Uh, any of you who are listening on the podcast, you missed it, but uh, I'm not going to mention what it was. Stop by our chat room and listen. <laughs> anyway, we were, we were wrapping up uh, some I'm ship talk, and I was going to talk about there's another thing in the development. Uh, they don't say when this is coming. However, they've not announced some new ships. And I don't know what you guys have heard about these. However, they have a French battleship Flander at Tier 8 premium coming out. Looks like it's going to be an all says class battleship, 380 guns, 3 uh, three, three turret gun turrets. So it looks like two in the uh, yeah two in the front, one in the back. Adjusted AA composition has good survivability, effective AA defense, better main caliber act accuracy than the All Sace. So if that's a bonus, the All Sace wasn't great. Uh, then they add a German aircraft carrier, like we need yeah. another one of those. Uh, yeah. The Max Immelmann at tier ten. Uh, it's a project of heavy aircraft carrier based on the H battleship's hull. Big, well-armored ship among strong AA. Uh, it's an analog of the Manfred, Manfred von Richthofen. Great. But has different composition of AA guns, and it carries skip bombers with HE bombs instead of the torpedo bombers. So that's an interesting little change. It's basically um, just a Richthofen, but it takes the worst planes that it has and makes them the best planes that it has, because that's exactly what that ship needs. Yeah. yeah. Well, because well, balance, <laughs> true, because balance. True. But the the skip the skip bombers, um, I I haven't got a chance to play one of those yet. Obviously, I'm not a, a developer. I'm not a not a moderator. I'm not any of that. Um, but the skip bomber seems like you know, it's kind of like the British carpet bombers, but ten times worse. Um, I don't think that's going to be an easy ship to play. And I think if you do play it and you play it well, then you've got to be a hell of a player. I'm just yeah, the skip yeah. bombers. I mean, you ever, well, you ever thrown a rock across the water and skipped it like 20 times? Yeah, but Could you also hit something with that. Stalingrad's a hard ship to play, but people still say it's overpowered. 
Yeah, but you you're, also not, skip, look at you're not skipping it off the water, though. And our second beep. Thanks again, Nimitz. All right. <laughs> wow, Nimitz, you're two for two tonight, sir. Oh, man, I'm going to have to do some really heavy oh, editing. God, no. <laughs> what a guy. We just need to stop getting him so riled no, we, up. No, I, I foresee... We were talking a couple of episodes ago... <laughs> We, we were talking a couple episodes ago, of course, Nimitz wasn't here, but that's okay, um, about the Skip Bombers. In fact, we did a whole segment on them, and they have a very unique or, or specific application, and we were talking about some of the strategies uh, of using them. For example, being able to skip um, HE bombs over an island to something that was hiding, like maybe on the other side of an island right. or something. So they have a very, yeah, so it's going to be really challenging to play. I think it's going to be, my prediction, it's going to be a really specialized um, niche or segment, sub segment of players that are really going to be, either you're going to be really good at it or you're going to be really horrible at it. And, and a lot of guys are, you know, players are going to get frustrated with skip bombing. But if you can master that technique, down, I, I think it's got some pretty interesting tactical. But you can say that about carriers as a whole. True, um, but skip bombing is a whole different. It's it's a whole different um, tactic. I mean, you're you're taking away the torpedoes and putting in the skip bombers. Well, it's it's like that now. I mean, like you know, with the Richtofen, everybody gripes about you know the AP rockets, but. When I'm in my midway, I can come over an island, I can come over over the top, and I can rocket the hell out of somebody. And but you can't do that with the Richtofen because it elevates your arc when you're doing rockets. And you can you can hit something at 25k out. There's a video on it. Sock told me about it. Yeah, I, could, um, I wish I could find it. I there's a video it. on it. The guy comes up over an island. And he uses that. Yeah, specifically on two brothers. You know, so those the mountains. When I talk about the tactical application, the whole reason of having the skip bombers is it's a risk versus reward. Um, You can launch and skip them from further out. And the theory behind that is is that you're saving your squadrons from losing planes through attrition to the AA bubble because you can launch them, the bombs, and skip them in. There's going to be like two or three drop zone reticles. And, of course, the further out you are, the less accurate they're going to be. But the reward is is that if you are skipping them at the furthest reticle out, you're saving your squadrons and therefore are less likely to be deplaned. Therefore, in the end game, you're going to be you know more viable because that's exactly I'm, what this game needs is more viable carrier player. Right. right? I'm just <laughs> saying because balance. I'm an average player and I've tried to use that mountain thing where I can hit something with rockets 25 kilometers out and I can't. But when I need to hit something that's, you know, 10 kilometers out but they're up close to an island i can't hit them at all because it's going to throw my reticle way the hell out there so i mean it's going to require a skilled player skip bombing is going to require a absolute skilled player so much like when i was 
talking about with the Belfast 43. Um, if you're a good player, you can make it work and you're going to get a lot of satisfaction out of it. Most players aren't going to be able to make it work and therefore, you know, this thing's a, a hot dumpster fire and that's the reviews that it gets. My That's my theory with the Skip Bombers is you're going to have a, a small percentage of players that are going to be really good at it and it's going to be one of those, you're either going to be really good at it or you're not going to be good at it at all and and it'll reflect, you know. I, I just think I could be a 45% survival or win rate kind of guy with a Belfast 43, but with a skip bomber, it's probably going to be more like 30%. I mean, that that sounds like it's really, really tough. Well, do you read the stats on what they're saying about for the aircraft and what they're going to do? No. Hit points. Tell Hit me about points, it. 1,710. Cruising speed, 174 knots. Size of attacking flight, four squadrons, or four aircraft per squadron. 12 uh, aircraft. No, aircraft per squadron is 12, sorry. Uh, the attacking flight is four. Uh, restoration time is 90 seconds. Detectability range is 10 kilometers. Number of aircraft on deck, 18. Bombs and payload, one. Uh, of course, bomb type is HE. Maximum damage is 12,200. Armor penetration is so 68. You, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so you got four in a flight. If you could hit four right. bombs, um, what is that, like 48,000? 12,200. Uh, yeah, damage. Four. Yeah, right. just, just short of 50,000. That's a heck yeah. of a lot. That's plus, a strike. Plus fire damage. That's 69%. Sixty-nine yeah. percent, yeah. which That's is insane. if you connect, you're going to be burning something. Yeah, <laughs> most, most likely, yes. If you can connect, I'm I'm kind of curious. I'd love to see the stats on this, like you know, six months after it's been released, what the hit rate is, because I think it's going to be pretty small. Well, it might be at first until people get right. used to it. Right. Yep, that's right. exactly what I'm saying. But anyway, mo moving on to the last one that they've announced is an American cruiser, Tier 10, the Austin. Uh, this is a project of a light cruiser, CL-154, developed at the end of World War II. The main armament is represented with the newest 127-millimeter universal twin guns in six turrets. Uh, torpedo armament consists of uh, two 5-2 blue... Uh, Two five tube launchers, and uh, this thing looks uh, looks like an Atlanta. Uh, they go mm -hmm. on to say Austin may fire HE or the big one SAP shells, and though its no main way. battery reload booster consumable only has one charge, it lowers reload time by seventy five percent instead of the standard fifty. Ship is effective at AA, additionally enhanced by defensive AA fire in a separate slot from hydroacoustic search. Talk about that, guys. I, that's a, on my watch list. Yeah. Um, just simply because if of the American that, SAP that it, it's yeah. going to be shooting the SAP rounds. Yeah. Um, this, this looks, millimeter. It looks like an Atlanta on steroids that can shoot SAP. Mm -hmm. I mean, are mm -hmm. you kidding me? Yeah. With a main yeah. battery it's reload? A, <laughs> it's, well, it's yeah, gonna, and the torpedoes, um, the torpedo, you know, the range is 10.5 on the torpedoes. Tier 10. So it just made the, so it's a Venencia. It's going to irrelevant? No. No. No, 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 no. A heavy this, yeah. It's going to be paper thin. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's only got 30 at the, at the range. About 31,000 hit points. Its plating is only 16 millimeter. It's very paper thin. So when you look at the base firing range, it's 15 kilometers. But since they're 127 caliber or 127 millimeter, you're looking at captain skills. You're going to be able to reach that thing out to probably 19, 20 kilometers. Uh, and it, the shell velocity is yeah, it's kind of meh. So, but then again, you're going to be dropping SAP, which is it's not going to need much to, or you know, switch to HE. But I, I think this is going to be basically. Um, I mean, if you don't like the Colbert, this is <laughs> this is going to be up there on the Colbert side. Um, I mean, it's got uh, you know a, a torpedoes, um, really good maneuverability, thirty-five knots, uh, rudder shift is seven and a half seconds, turning circle radius is six hundred seventy meters. So it's um, you know and low low detectability. So I, I think How's that speed and maneuverability, uh, maneuverability compared to the Venezia, though, just out of curiosity. Uh, the Venezia is very. It actually very maneuverable for its size. Uh, I don't have the rudder shift offhand, but I know from uh, the rudder shift is like I mean, eight it, seconds or something wig, with it wobble. fully built. Yeah, and the the turning circle is seven hundred and sixty meters. Um, yeah, I'm going to call it Moskva, which is of about the same length. So, uh, so it's like three hundred meters better. Um, well, they're different types. This is on my watch list. I, I'm. I'm. This might be one of those ones. Uh, I haven't seen any testing on it, and and I'm already looking at it, which is a completely different subject. But the Italian battleships, which are just getting nerfed into the ground, um, hopefully they won't touch this one too bad. And depending on, I mean, based on the preliminary stats, of course, once again, it's all work in progress. This might be one of those ones that I might just direct buy if and when it comes out, depending on the currency. Well, for those of you that like the Atlanta, this thing is very similar to the Atlanta by by all mm -hmm. intents and purposes. It has the same build. It looks identical. It's just at tier 10. It's got a little bit more hit points. It still is paper thin. It can reach out to only 15k, but it's going to be spamming shell after shell after shell, just like the Atlanta. Its torpedoes will, there, there's 10 of them coming out of it, and they run at, at all the way out to 10.5k, at 66 knots, not terrible. So they're not entirely defensive torpedoes. It turns fairly well. It maneuvers. It's got some decent speed. Its low detectability from the air at 7.4 is pretty solid for the ship that size. I mean, it, it looks like an Atlanta on steroids, really. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm excited for it because I really enjoy the Atlanta play, even though it's been severely power crept. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Atlanta, you need a 19 point captain on that thing to really be, to get yes. the, the full, you know, worth out of it. But um, back on topic, this is, um, I'm looking forward to it because I really, I enjoy the Atlanta play. So I know that I'll enjoy the Austin. Well, it's certainly, agree. certainly one to look at. You're with you on the 19 point thing because uh, I just got the Atlanta for the first time, the the black, and I have a 10 point captain on it, and I think it kind of sucks, but <laughs> I'll get there. Yeah, you yeah, with the Atlanta, you really need to have the captain skills to I extend your range, um, put your IFHE on it. Um, it, it it becomes a whole. As, as my young son says, it becomes more better, Dad. It's more better. Um, <laughs> it it, it, uh, it becomes a better ship, but you need to have that 19-point captain on there to really get the most out of your Atlanta and to to give it that survivability uh, once you get into those tier, you know, when you get uh, over-tiered over, over -tiered in those tier 9 matches. 
All right. Well, I think that's that's a good spot to uh, to move to our weekly grind. Uh, this week we were going to be talking since we mentioned it last week and we were on battleships. We decided we were going to go with German cruisers. So, Mando, I know you've made it all the way up the line. Uh, why don't we start with you first and see what your thoughts are on the German cruiser line? Yeah, absolutely. And it's <laughs> this is a recurring theme for me. It's a solid line. I know I say that about a lot of lines, but if you're just somebody that you know um, that's just an average. Joe player and you're just going up the tech tree line uh, just like the American battleship line you, you can't go wrong with the German or the Kriegsmarine cruiser line um, just rock solid uh, all the way up you know you, your lower tiers your your Konigsberg your Nuremberg um, 360 degree turrets uh, I've seen a lot of those in a lot of the lower tier rank play going up through the line the York and the Hipper really open the, the the, the ship class out um, by putting in the two or three millimeter guns all the way up into the Hindenburg. Um, the Hindenburg is if you can get that unique upgrade, that's one of those ones that I highly, highly, highly recommend you getting that unique upgrade to put it into, uh, you know, basic average Joe perspective on a Hindenburg with a survival build and the unique upgrade. When, I go up against, it's the ultimate HE spam counter because when I get hit with fires, my fires put themselves out in about 14 seconds with my captain build. So I don't even, it's like what what fire, HE what fire. Um, and it's it's a good, Hindenburg is also a really good um, staple going up into to clan battles. So starting around your tier of course your tiers one through four um as with all of your tiers you know they're, they're fun um you'll see the line change in tiers uh, five and six konigsberg and the nuremberg they're floating citadels but they have 360 gun rotation another thing you have to look at too is that you've got the Kriegsmarine um high explosive factor so it's it's basically ifhe that's baked into the cruiser and their um, AP has got some good penetration on it too. I've been, yeah. Don't let a Konigsberg or a Nuremberg catch you broadside because they'll they'll hit you with a, a rack full of citadels and send you back to port. Um, York and the Hipper, and of course, there's a lot of um, premium lines in the Kriegsmarine line. But overall, good solid line. If you are a new player getting into the game and just want to go up a tech tree, uh, again, you cannot uh, go wrong with. It's a good line to learn how to cruiser. It is. It's very forgiving. I, I disagree. It's not very forgiving because, like, I'm up to the Nuremberg, and you're right. There's citadels out there for the world. Um, however, if you can learn to kite, uh, because that's what those cruisers are meant to do, um, it's pretty pretty amazing. I'm enjoying my Nuremberg. I love it. Um, I enjoyed the line before that. I think... Uh, the rate of fire is amazing. The chance of fire is amazing. Um, good ships all around. I made it as far as the Hipper, and I will say I liked all the ships leading up to the Hipper. The Hipper is a bit of a stinker. That's the, the one I'm on right the now. The Hipper I struggled with unbelievably, and I just gave up on it and said to heck with it and got rid of it. So at some point, I'll probably try to power through that, and what is it, the rune, and, and then maybe into the Hindenburg, if, since the Mando gives it such a good. shining shining <laughs> uh, uh, report card. So maybe, but I don't know. I, the, the hipper was a struggle, man. I, I don't know. 
I've heard a lot of people say that, but um, again, it, it's a it's a kiting ship, and you have to kind of play at max range. And if you're not a good shot, you're probably not going to enjoy it. But that's what you got to do um, to get through that line. You have to play at max range, and you have to fire spam, and you have to hit your target. My problem is I just grab the. Mans or the Odin or the Munchen. <laughs> Mainz. <laughs> Mainz. Sorry. Um, because I've gone, I've got to the hipper and I just, I, it just kills me to play it. I just think I just can't sit and play it. I just, if I go that route, I just grab one of the other ones. That's interesting because I enjoyed the hipper. I also have the Prince Eugen, which is. Mm-hmm. The premium version of the Hipper. Um, yeah, and I don't mind the Prince Eugen. I've played the crap out of it, so I was hoping that you know because of how it's basically the same ship. So, but I just yeah, it is I, the I same ship. Yeah. yeah, I just I just have a hard time playing in the Hipper. It's all maybe just mental. It's funny you say that, Mando, because I haven't got to the Hipper yet, and everybody that I know that's played the Hipper said it is a big pile of. Garbage. You do. Um, so the, the hipper. I'm excited to play it. I'm ready. I'm I'm trying to get there as fast as I can. The Konigsberg and the Nuremberg are going to set you up for that play style. Is going to set you up for success in coming into the the tier nine, the rune, because the rune has got that same configuration where you have an A turret and then an X Y turret in the back of the boat and so if if you can deal with the konigsberg and the nuremberg you're going to run that same turret configuration um york and a hipper are going to set you up for success for the hindenburg so the york and the hipper which is the seven the tier eight are going to set you up it's the same game style or the gameplay as the hindenburg whereas the, the five and the six are the same game style or gameplay as the tier nine rune um it's a lot of people think in the common mistake that I, I when I talk to players is okay. I'm in a hipper. Um, it's got uh, you know quote unquote turtleback armor. I can you you still have to be careful and use your your angling um, and and use what I call the sock coefficient, which is the you don't bow tank. Bow tanking is a dead meta according to sock, and so we we do the sock coefficient, which is to turn around and and bow tank out. And that is now that I've been playing it, it's a viable tactic and so true, especially when you get up in that tier nine of the rune. Uh, don't bow tank in, bow tank out, and use those two rear turrets to your advantage. Um, but if you are struggling with the York and the Hipper, you're going to struggle with the Hindenburg because the the, the play style is very uh, similar. The only thing, in my opinion, that the Hindenburg's got going over the York and the Hipper is that improved turtleback armor, which will allow you to get in. Uh, a lot closer, but you're still not a Kremlin rolling in there. So don't let that turtleback mislead you, I guess, is the best piece of advice I can give. No, I mean, the walrus is exactly right in the chat there. It's just kiting 101. I don't, I don't call that bow tanking yeah. I, or, or aft tanking. I call that kiting. And um, whether. Yeah, it is kiting. I just call it the. Um, there was in a couple of episodes back, Sock and I were going at it because I, I'm a big proponent of bow tanking, and Sock says bow tanking is a dead meta. And now there's my a time and a place for that. it. I mean, if, overall, I'm in a Kremlin, I'm, if I'm in a Kremlin, I'm going to bow tank. I don't care. Um, we, we've, we've gone through clan battles, and they're like, oh, you should be bow out. 
And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm going to bow tank. And, but that's, that's another story. But with, with the cruisers, like the German and the French line, um, you're supposed to be running away and you're supposed to be sucking them in and you're supposed to be lighting them up for fire. You know what I mean? It's, that's what it is. I mean, you're, you're not going to get a German cruiser that can tank. It's, it's not going to happen. So if you're in Hindenburg a little bit, if you're rushing up into the cap in Hindenburg and I'm in a Montana, I will bid you good night. I swear to God, I just boom. Don't bow tank in a Hindenburg or any German or French line cruiser. You, you, you kite. I mean, you get in as close to the cap as you can. You turn out and you kite away and you burn people down. That's that's the job. But what you're also forgetting is that the German AP or their armor piercing rounds is also a very hard hitting round. And so the common mistake is, oh, I'm just going to go in there and HE spam everything. But you need to. So with the captain skills, have that one point captain skill where you can do your quick reload. Um, and switch up your AP rounds because you can really, just like the Des Moines and the heavy American armor piercing, you can really punish somebody in a Hindenburg if they give you a little bit of side. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you have your butt to them and they're stupid enough to give up your broadside, then yeah, absolutely. But so I have a. I have a challenge for you, Nimitz, that, and we're going to do this. We're going to go into the training room, and we're going to set it up, and I want you to get a Montana, and I'll get a Hindenburg, and with a little bit of angling, I'm going to show you how much the Hindenburg can bounce Montana shells, but we'll, we'll set that up in the training room. I'll take that bet. I'm in. I, that sounds fun. All right. Any, any last words anybody has on the uh, German cruiser line? Not so much specifically on German cruisers, but in general, people say always and never too much in this game. Right. There's there's always a time and a place for everything. There's a time and a place to bow tank in in anything. And just like there's a time and a place to kite in anything. And there's a time and a place to go dark. And there's a time and a place to push. Right. Right. And I'm I'm a big fan or proponent of... Nothing, I, I'm not a big fan of, of hearing the words dead meta or it's the meta. I play the game the way I want to play it. I will still, to this day, get into Jean Bart and bow tank and be at the top of the leaderboard in that match. We may not always win, we may not always lose, but I'm going to play the ship, which I feel has had a lot of success in doing so, regardless of what the meta is. So, like you just said, you know, there's there's a time and place for everything, and I I don't buy into the dead meta or it's the current meta, and that's yeah. Play it the way you want to play it. Play it the way you have success. If you don't have success, YouTube some videos, check out, see what other guys are doing in that ship, see what they're having success with in that ship, and you know, pick up some pointers, learn a little bit, and if you're doing well, you know, share it with everybody else who's struggling. All I'll say in counter to that is there's a reason why people call stuff meta. Right. I'm just saying from the York on up, those are some of the most annoying ships to play against ever for me. 
um, they just sit there and they burn you down and they burn you down and they have enough speed so they can stay outside, you, you know, your range. I mean, you can hit them, but you're not going to hit them because they're moving so fast. Um, <laughs> they just burn you down and the only ones I ever killed are the ones that came right up at me and tried to go at me full force. Um, I, I love the German cruiser line from what I've experienced against. Like I said, I'm only up to the Nuremberg, but uh, I love it, and I'm going to get there at some point too, and we'll see. But I think it's a good line for anybody to play and experience, and... Yeah. Well, the the allure, and I'll say this in closing: the allure or the 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 luster of what drew me into the German line. It was once again, as you have their HE shell penetration is a boosted up, and it's baked in IFHE skill basically, which allows you to spec your captain into different skills other than IFHE. In case in point, I'm looking at the York. It's it's HE shell penetration is 53 millimeters, um, Hipper 51 millimeters, you know, um, Rune. Uh, 51 millimeters all the way up to the Hindenburg where you have 51 millimeters penetration with a 17% fire chance. I mean, they, they are, um, don't discount the German HE. Um, and, and it's, a, it's to me, it's my one of my favorite captain builds because I don't have to worry about, oh, I have to spec in this for spec in that. So right. let, let, me, let me piggyback there with a question though. For those people that are still in that cruiser line that are experiencing it and working it up, what shell type do you use more do you use ap i mean obviously we switch when there's certain circumstances dictate but do you typically prefer he over ap i think the best answer to that question is yes and i'll add to that do you do ifhe on your german cruiser line because you don't need to on the German. Once again, it's it's baked in. Um, That's actually um, interesting that you ask that because that used to be a thing before the IFHE rework. Um, people would do that because then you're starting to go through some battleship deck armor, but now the fire chance penalty is just too big. Yeah. So with your German cruiser line or your Kriegsmarine line, pick up that one point skill expert loader, which the time to switch your shell type is reduced by 50%. Um, it, that is it, it, just an extremely valuable skill because the instant that something turns on you, especially in that Hindenburg or any other uh, Kriegsmarine cruiser for that, you know, switch out to those AP shells and penetrate through. Um, the instant that something puts a little bit of an angle on you, switch back to your high explosive and then aim for the decking because with a 50 plus millimeters of penetration on those those shells, you're, you're going to be penetrating right through. I mean, I've citadeled things with German um, high explosive rounds. So when do you want to use AP in a German cruiser? As with anything, at the instant something turns its side to you, switch out to that AP and it's going to punch right through. But that's gentleman Wallace put something in the uh, in the chat room there, and he said the formula goes he at thirteen kilometers plus, or bow in ships under thirteen k, ap at any broadside under thirteen. So if you remember that, you might be successful. Yep. 
All right. Well, let's wrap all that up. A, a good job staying on the actual topic and the weekly grind this 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 week, guys. Mando had reported he had some some uh, contact with uh, some listeners, and they they thought we went off topic uh, when it came to that subject. And we have done that in the last few weeks. So apologies to the listeners who were disgusted with us. We've made a change. We've heard you, and we've we've moved on and made it better. So thank you for all your input. Let's, Despite uh, that, we don't actually care. We just want you to give us money. <laughs> we, we care a little, sure, sure. But uh, let's move on to parting shots. Uh, KJ, we'll, we'll start with you. I really don't have a whole lot. I uh, just hope everybody had a good, safe uh, holiday weekend, since it's for those of us in the States, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Um, just everybody be safe out there with the crazy times. That's really about it. All right. Mando, how about you? Oh, as always, I got my names for the week. Uh, for those of you who are new or new listeners, if uh, I pick your name out, it's a name that I've encountered in-game, and uh, you mentioned, somebody mentions it, Get contact me uh, in-game. Say, hey, I heard it, uh, my name mentioned on the podcast, and I will uh, gift you a weekend pass, which is two days of premium and 500 doubloons. And so with that, here's my names of the week coming in at number three. We got Shaggin Wagon. Shaggin Wagon, if you're out there, send me uh, an in-game uh, number two, the yeet seeking missile, the yeet seeking missile, <laughs> and and number one today, my my number one name of the week is, and this is keeping it with a Christmas theme and going back to, uh, it's a movie reference that somebody had put a name um, since we got the holiday season coming around, and it's a reference to Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I won't try to do this with the Arnold accent but my number one name of the week is put the cookie down put the cookie down yeah jingle all the way put the cookie down myron so yeah put the cookie down yeah um somebody mentioned uh mentioned the podcast contact me in game and i will uh, uh gift you a weekend pass and um uh other than that guys i i love our interaction love our um i know sometimes we like to go back and forth and it's good to to uh, agree and agree to disagree with each other and that's what makes the show the best and so everybody else stay safe out there and stay warm all right sock what do you got for parting shots today the oklahoma is hot garbage that is all (laughs) (laughs) not liking it huh no it's terrible i like So I tried a couple different things with it. I've played it a few times now because I wanted to give it a fair shake. And at first I was like, okay, it kind of seems like it's going to be a sniper. So I loaded up my Montana captain on it because I guess I'm a baller that way. And um, loaded up all the sniping stuff on it. And it's got like 20 kilometers of range. And I go in and I don't hit a damn thing. The dispersion, while better than a lot of tier five battleships, is still it's still a tier five battleship. And God, forty second reload on a, on anything is just stupid, especially when you have the same number of the same caliber guns as the other battleships at its tier. Like mm-hmm. for example, the New York, which is the same tier as the Oklahoma, has the same caliber guns as the Oklahoma, which I think do the same amount of damage. Yeah, the exact same amount of damage. Literally reload 10 seconds faster. And I don't care how much more accurate the Oklahoma is. That's enough to make up for it. And I remember the first game I played in the Oklahoma, I was literally wishing I was in the Texas because the Texas is faster. (laughs) 
That's saying something. I was, with him. I was with him. I can I can verify that. He said that <laughs> was, was was that the one that I was on the other side? Uh, I think it was. Think yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you were um, whining so, the entire after, match. I know that. Oh my god! But then, so after that, I tried loading up my Massachusetts captain on it because I was thinking, gosh, these secondaries are kind of long range, and he's kind of got a lot of them. And with a, a, a build on it, you can get the series out to almost eight kilometers, which is a lot for tier five. But the ship's so slow, good luck getting into eight kilometers of anything. That's not going to happen. And with 40 second reload, like you're, a destroyer can, can like come out of detection range, torpedo you, reload his torpedoes, torpedo you again, and get out and cap your base before your guns are reloaded. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I, I don't think it's a very good ship. All right. Well, Nimitz, what do you got for us on the parting shots today? Um, I just want to say, hey, Wargaming, GFY, and that's that's good, right? GFY, um, for give me 2,500 doubloons that I can't get. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. He just, he's just not going to let that one rest. No. no, I'm not. That one bugs the, the heck out of me. It bugs the heck out of me. I'm not, no, not going to let it go. Well, and, and I don't know what that uh, abbreviation means, and I'm just going to leave it without asking because I, I fear for allegedly. what it actually does. Yes, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. All right. That's how you really feel, then it's. Once the show goes, ask me what that means. I'll tell you. Okay, okay. I will, I will uh, off air. N- Nightmare, what do you got you? for a parting shot? <laughs> parting shots, I got. Uh, wanted uh, more gaming or anyone associated through listening. The uh, Turkey Shoot event has been a blast. I'm currently in the final hour and a half of it, and. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be uh, selected to do this uh, event. Yeah, Mando and I both applied. Neither of us got picked. I, I, it's probably because you both are too good. Um, it, I'm, I'm shocked that I was a compliment. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I would love to do this more often and uh, give me a chance to uh, mess around with the ships that I would never ever dream of being able to have. So it has been a blast and I hope everyone who uh, was able to, to uh, hunt down some turkeys managed to do so and uh, get some great uh, rewards or a great little thing to hold on to. And uh, yeah, that's it. I hope they do more like this and give better rewards out in the future, give more incentive. All right. Well, I will close out the show and say thanks, everybody, again for joining us for another week. Uh, we always enjoy doing this. It's a lot of fun. Uh, even when we go off on tangents, you know, that happens. But we stayed as close to topic as we could. We we talked about weird anime stuff there for a little while, but we got back on the rails as fast as we could. Well, we got to be able <laughs> to have at least a little bit of banter with, with Cyber since he's only here once a week. Oh, you're gonna, yeah. you know, work sucks. No, that's no, that's, that's, a, that's, that's that's what it is. I'm going to take the knife and twist it just a little bit. Maybe you'll... 
you know, decide with, to come be our clan leader again. Yeah, with, 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 with friends like you guys, I don't have any room for enemies, I'll tell you that. <laughs> our clan leader doesn't play ships. Um. <laughs> right. Anyway, thanks, gentlemen, Walrus, Nightmare, Polecat. Thanks, you guys, for, for hanging out with us tonight and uh, being part of the chat room. Uh, you know what? We'll be back again next week, uh, probably midweek sometime. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll let you know, and we'll get back up. But uh, this has been another episode of the Full Broadside. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. All music used in this podcast was provided by Joseph McDade. Find him at josephmcdade.com.